again and welcome to SDGC for Thursday, April 9th. If you're not aware, SDGC meets right here each and every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, pre-recorded content, and a morning show that is on hiatus. I probably need to update the sheet here. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a sub. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. How is everybody on this glorious Thursday night? John, we just had a conversation about asking people that. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not a great choice. What? No, okay, fine. <laughs> no, okay, okay. No, I'll, I'll answer for real. Um, I got a 1,000-piece puzzle in the mail today. And that was actually incredible because due to current circumstances, puzzles are sold out most places. Um, apparently, everybody is getting a hankering for doing puzzles. Uh, so, I, But I managed to order a 1,000-piece puzzle that showed up in a few days. It, uh, the theme is botanicals. Um, if you want to imagine kind of a, a cool old lady who has, like, a really big garden and she has, like, a poster on her wall with, like, diagrams of, like, a dandelion and, like, a peony and stuff... Um, that it's it's like eight of these like flower diagrams and then kind of like some swirly art around the edges and stuff and it's very nice and I started it like I dumped it out on the table um, when it showed up and but I was working so I couldn't do it right away but I kept looking at it throughout the day and my cats kept coming over and trying to bat the pieces off the table um, and then I well, I had an hour between work and this and I sat down and I started doing it and guys I just want to do my puzzle. I love the, I love you and I love the show but I keep looking at that puzzle. Oh my god, puzzles are good. Get a puzzle, guys. We are we are literally keeping Reb from her puzzle right now. If you need a recommendation for a place that still has puzzles in stock and will apparently ship them within like three to four days, I got you. <laughs> well, we I do want to point. We yeah, right? Oh, that'd be also great. this is homemade a, mead. Hell yeah! I'll take a. Oh, oh, right. oh yeah, Reb's drinking the mead. I'm drinking a uh, a peanut butter whiskey, which has become oh, my, this uh, again. my my, my yeah. oh, it's so fucking good. Just what's bourbon. everybody drinking? Just bourbon. Just bourbon. Just bourbon. Yeah, I've got my Jack and Coke. I'm chilling. There you oh, go, yeah. Devin. There you go. Finn, margarita. what about you? What are you drinking? Margar margarita. Margarita. Is that a margarita in a bottle? It's tiny a tiny bottle. margarita. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, hey, well, John, that person drinking a Jack and Coke. Who's that? That well, sounds like was, a new person. I was just about to mention this person, so I am I am very excited for this. Uh, the voice that you heard drinking a Jack and Coke is Davion Gooden, and Davion is the developer of She Dreams Elsewhere from Studio Zavira. Uh, this was this is something uh, that I've been looking forward to a long time. She Dreams Elsewhere was by far my game of the show at PAX East uh, this past oh. year. Um, oh, do, I fuck, I, I'm fucking in love with this game because I'm a oh, huge yeah. fan of I'm a huge fan of Earthbound. Uh, I love Persona and I love uh, I love Undertale. So like, how could I how could I not? Uh, and we brought Davion on to talk about uh, you know She Dreams Elsewhere and I guess kind of also how Studio Zavir actually got its start. So, uh, Davion, thank you so much for agreeing to to, uh, to join us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. it this is ah, this is so good. I'm so excited. Oh, and, uh, I got to say, thank you so much for putting up with my uh, weeks of trying to find a good time for you because it's <laughs> definitely worth it. You're awesome, an awesome dude. No, that was all on me, man. Like, it was me being sick, me taking a break, like all this stuff. But <laughs> we made it happen. We're here. Life is good. Times are rough, hey. man. Times are rough. Totally get so, it. 
so uh so as everybody knows uh we usually start the show off with uh what we've all been playing and since we have a guest i want to throw it to davion first davion as uh as we've all been home for a while now what have, what, what have you been occupying your time with uh game wise what's uh what's keeping you going um so i've been catching up a lot of my switch backlog um finished florence greece uh celeste all of which just oh, amazing damn. games just yeah wow. especially celeste like that was like that was 10 hours of just pure pain but also bliss because oh, that game was just oh, absolutely yeah. like that's a killer lineup. yeah yeah it was a good time and then um right now i'm playing through kingdom hearts 3 which is uh <sighs> it's all it's a video mm. game <laughs> it's, it, 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 it has its moments but the writing is just it's it really makes you appreciate good writing let me let me leave it at that okay <laughs> but it's a good time it's a good time Sorry, I had to unmute. Like, no, no, the uh, the stream for whatever reason like got unmuted for me on my computer, so I couldn't tell what was. I was like, wait, hold on, why? <laughs> what is happening? So, and then I realized that the uh, I was like, what the fuck is going on? What are we um, at? Two, two on the two, two tally marks on the technical problems chart now. Heck yeah! Well, no, so, so technically, that's not a technical problem. That's just my. That's just me real not realizing that's that I unmuted. That's a John problem. John, John, half problem. of the technical problems we have are probably actually John problems. Really? <laughs> no. I Come on, John. Okay. What are you doing? Okay. Well, I, well, no, no. This is true, though. Like, I mean, you know, everybody needs to remember the chart that Reb made. I, I cause problems intentionally and unintentionally. So that's mm. just that's what I'm here for. Uh, no, Davion, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Oh uh, no, that's it. Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, good game, but writing is. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. One. Very Nomura. <laughs> Very Nomura. How far are you? Um, I just got. I'm like halfway through uh the frozen the frozen world. Okay, so you, okay. you have a little bit of time left. Yeah, still pretty early. So uh, let's move on to Derek. I or uh, Derek, I actually caught some of your Mass Effect Two stream today. Three, but but I'm mean, yeah, three. I'm, Sorry, I'm continuing to stream Mass Effect Three um, right now. Which which I mean, going through that franchise again has been lovely, just a bit at a time. Um, I also, you know, Resident Evil Three came out last week, um, so I had played through and beaten that, and it was lovely. Um, I was much happier with it than I thought I was going to be from some of the, like, mixed discourse. Um, you know, I, uh, I love the new interpretation of Jill Valentine. She's very fun. She's very badass. Um, the line, bitch can't even swim, is going to go down as it's one of the so good. greatest lines of dialogue ever written. It's so um, good, yeah. Uh, but that, and then I've been replaying uh, Fire Emblem on Switch because it's, it's a good comfort food. Um, I think I'm finally over the fact that I'm not allowed to romance Claude. Which house? Which house? Uh, right now, I'm I'm doing Silver Snow is what I'm going okay. through. Oh, um, I, mean, I would really not be up. over that. Okay. Yeah, if so I, I it's hard that I can't. I would be over that. Um, I did uh, decide that I was going to uh, romance Rhea to give that a shot. Um, I did say the phrase out loud. I'm going to bang the Pope, and the only thing that can stop me is Nintendo. Which made me realize Fire Emblem <laughs> may have poisoned my brain a little bit. Uh, I did get a wooden spoon thrown at me uh, oh. by by uh, Martha for for that particular mm. stupid line. So that's very good. Yeah, that's and, that's what uh, I've been doing. Uh, oh, oh, you know what? You're playing okay. a lot of very horny games right now, bud. Resident Evil's well, not horny. Okay, never well, mind. You're playing I mean, two thirds horny I mean, games. Well, not anymore because they removed Jill's skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. <laughs> I'm a simple man, okay? If you put romance options in a game, that's what that game becomes about for me. 
I mean, oh, if yes. Nemesis does it for you, then I'm not gonna. I'm nope. not here to shame it. No. Nope. Nope. If nope. I could romance other characters in Animal Crossing and have it not be weird bestiality, I'd fucking do it. Imran makes a good point. Carlos is big horny hours. Carlos is a beautiful boy. But I would romance mm-hmm. Isabel if I had the chance. Absolutely. She's she's just pure. She's wholesome. That's what this world needs right now. Um, I'll go and go next. We're gonna let that uh, so go. I have been playing a metric shit ton of Animal Crossing, of course. Uh, what else is new? Uh, I finished Resident Evil 3. Um, John, how much is a metric shit ton? How many hours do you have in Animal Crossing? Uh, I, th- I want to say like 70. Mm, um, keep up, man. Keep up. Hey, look, there's a Lucky lot of games. Numbers. There's a lot of there's I mean compared to somebody like Reb or like Don like yeah those are those are rookie numbers but but still like you know there's there's a lot of games to play I'm trying to catch up on my backlog I replayed Wind Waker HD because I fucking love Legend of Zelda mm. Wind Waker um I'm in the middle of replaying Link's Awakening uh because I love that's like my fourth replay since September I just I fucking love that game uh doing a little Pokemon catching uh like I said I finished Resident Evil 3 and it's good it's real good Resident Evil 2 was a tough act to follow and there are some really baffling changes from the like like some of the best parts of the game are just from the original PlayStation version are just completely cut out like the Gravedigger worm and the clock tower uh, all that stuff is gone and I really didn't make a lot of sense uh, bottom line is it, it's really good but I didn't get the urge to jump right back in and replay it uh, like I did with Resident Evil 2 because there's just not that much replay value um and aside from that i am just looking forward to final fantasy 7 remake tonight at midnight baby boom waiting five years for this game it's time finn what are you playing me i have been playing so some doom eternal uh still slogging my way through that game uh but most of my time has been now spent i i caught the divinity original sin 2 bug again I started oh, up a four-player co-op campaign with my friends back it home. It is going around. Uh, and then I, I enjoyed that four-player campaign with my friends so much that in the times when I'm not playing with them, I started up a two-player co-op campaign with our very own Kogasu. And the Ooh. two of us have been playing through that. And it's just an absolute delight. And uh, I just... So good. And then, of course... Uh, I'll be playing some Final Fantasy VII Remake this week, and we will see if a remake can make Final Fantasy VII a good Final Fantasy game. Mm. Ooh, that's a... Hot uh, take. Hot oh, take. Yeah. Mm. Now, I should have warned you, Davion. I'm sorry. Finn is... Uh, Finn, Finn is... I, I have I have much better Final Fantasy. Finn is anti-most good games, which is very uh, That's actually... Yeah. No, Final Fantasy VII no. is, in, is a good Final Fantasy game. It's not a great Final Fantasy game. I we'll 110% disagree. Mm. And that's fair. I actually uh, do. I don't, I don't like the original Final Fantasy I, ha- I have to answer Rar's question in chat. He's asking me how many hours I have in Animal Crossing. Um, honestly, about five... If you add oh. up all the if you add up all the time that I play Saki's game because she's like catch me a tarantula because she can't do it, but I'm real good <laughs> at catching tarantulas. I am apparently a tra- I have never been bitten by a tarantula and I never will. I'm the master of red light green light. Finn, <laughs> sincere moment here. You've played about five animal five animals five hours of Animal Crossing. Have yes. your feelings on it changed even a it's, little bit? It's fine. Okay, I am not going to it's begrudge anybody. Anybody, their their joy. This game has brought so much happiness and and just 
tranquility to uh, so many people. Saki is nearing a hundred hours in the no, game. No, I, so I know far. that's always been your opinion, but like, like you've played a little bit of it. Do you? Does this game change anything for you? It as does a not because okay, I still don't see the point of it. Okay, that's fine. I was just curious. The but point I'm happy is that it's so good. The point is, is uh, become financially indebted to a trash <gasps> trash panda. That's the point. But everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a metaphor for America right now. We're all in debt to a trash pan. I wish I was in debt um, to a raccoon instead of to a bank. Yeah, <laughs> Reb. Aside from Animal Crossing, but you are free to talk what do you mean about aside Animal Crossing. From Animal Crossing? What, what do you think you... I'm playing any other video games right now? <laughs> then tell us, Reb. How much are turnips on your island right now? Oh, the prices are butter cozy. I had a very bad week. Um. Yeah, so, yes, I've been playing just, just copious amounts of Animal Crossing. It's wild. Um, I think I'm up to over 120 hours in that game right now. Um, granted, some at least a little bit of that was spent leaving the game idle for other people to show up on my island while I was doing other things. I do tend to leave it idle sometimes while I'm, like, because the, the ambience is very nice. I'll, like, read a book while my character's sitting on a bench or something. It's very nice. Um, but, yeah, no, I have played a crap ton of Animal Crossing. Um, I have done, I have hit most of the major milestones. Um I think the thing that I'm going, I mean, you know, everyone's playing Animal Crossing. I think the thing that I will say about this right now is as someone who loves Animal Crossing deeply and has played it, you know, over years, like both New Leaf and Wild World, it is interesting to watch the internet go through the cycle of playing Animal Crossing where they, everybody bought the game when it came out and they all lost their minds and everybody loved it. And we're, we're now like, what, two weeks into launch now? And a lot of people just burn through it and it's it's one of those games that once you that demands you take your time and obviously nintendo was not assuming they were going to be launching this game during a pandemic um and so people have just pushed really hard through a lot of the game's milestones and just done so much stuff which is great like they're doing a lot of community stuff they're doing time trial like and play the game how you want to right um but they're hitting, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 hours, whatever, um, two weeks in, and they're like, okay, I'm bored now, what's the point? Um, and it's very funny to watch people start to, both start to fall off the game, and also watch people start to write think pieces, actually, Animal Crossing isn't that good, let me tell you why. <laughs> and it, it's very funny to me. I will be playing this forever, because for me, Animal Crossing is about the little stories that I make for myself with my characters over time, and I'm not in any hurry to pay off my loan. What's up, Finn? No, I just want to say that uh, one of the greatest joys of this pandemic has been listening to Saki's just sheer joy anytime she catches a new fish or finds mm -hmm. a new recipe. So good, good for good yeah. for Animal Crossing. Yeah, good I, I love it. I put that many hours into it, but which makes it sound like I'm way ahead. And I mean, I am in the sense that I have like the Able Sisters. I have like a lot of infrastructure now. But in terms of like paying off my loan and decorating things and getting the villagers I want and making money and kind of all those long-term goals people have, I'm just taking my time. I spend a lot of time just kind of wandering around talking to everybody. I have a lot of flowers, everybody. I It takes me about an hour every morning, an hour and four watering cans to water every flower on my island. <laughs> wow. I like I it. Actually... It is soothing. I, I do it too because I want the Nook Miles points and because it is very soothing. I've actually got a question for Reb about this before we kick it over to Davion. Um, Reb, if the if the world were not going through what it is right now, do you think the cultural zeitgeist around Animal Crossing would not be as, I guess, pronounced or fervent? I mean, as obviously it, right it wouldn't be as pronounced. Um, I actually, sorry, shameless plug for my for the website I write for. Um, over at gamesindustry.biz last Friday, uh, last Friday or the Friday before? 
I can put a link if anyone cares. I might actually retweet it again. Um, our regular weekend, uh, week columnist on Fridays, Rob Bahi, wrote this really fantastic editorial um, about Animal Crossing's launch. And it was basically talking about how it's, un- it, I mean, it's unfortunate for many reasons that it launched during a pandemic. One, because we're having a pandemic at all. Uh, but two, it's unfortunate that it launched at that particular time, because even though it will do good money for Nintendo and all that other stuff, its success is very much going to be attributed probably from a business standpoint to COVID-19. And not due to the fact that Animal Crossing has been a franchise on the rise for years. Yeah, it was a weird-ass fucking game back on the GameCube. But New Leaf sold shit tons of copies, guys. I think it was... I can't remember. Was it the best-selling game on the 3DS or one of? Uh, It It was was up there. there. It was was one of the best-selling games on the 3DS. It was insanely popular. It was such a popular game. And the demand for a new Animal Crossing has been... that We were waiting since, I think, 2012 or 2013. Derek, what? 12 million units? Yes. I did not realize Animal Crossing New Leaf. Wow. I, knew it moved a lot. I, I didn't realize it sold that much either. Yes. million. It's Whoa. so popular. And and here's the other thing. So so multiple things, right? Like so one, that many units, two, it if I remember right, I I'm probably I'm probably talking out of my ass a little bit, but I think it had one of the highest attachment rates with women that any game on the 3DS had. Um, and so it was very much a thing that sold units um, across gender lines and got, you know, women playing on the system and doing other things. And so presumably it's selling Switch and Switch Lite units to more women than just the Switch. Like, I think, I assume the attach rate has shifted on the Switch with Animal Crossing as well, because a lot of people were probably waiting for this. And also we were waiting, you know, for years for this game, and there was a huge demand for Animal Crossing. So I, I think it... I think we will see kind of an attribution to COVID-19 for the, what I can only presume will be just wild sales of this game. Um, but that's a bummer, one, because it's a pandemic, and two, because, um, you know, it it probably, it might, might not have sold quite as many units, because I know that I have, you know, just anecdotally, I have friends who are right. picking it up, you know, because everybody seems into it and they have nothing else to do, so they may as well. But I think it still would have sold a shit ton of copies, guys. It's a big game. Yeah, well, and like Animal Crossing now is up there with you know Zelda and Mario and you know Mario Kart as like as one of Nintendo's premier franchises. Like I don't think anybody is going to argue against that after this. Um, so I wanted to move on to uh, to Davion. So uh, again, uh, Davion Gooden, the, the developer of uh, She Dreams Elsewhere. Um, something I have been very excited about for quite some time. I've played the demo multiple times. I played it again at PAX East. Um, uh, I know that all of us probably have a few questions for Davion and, uh, da- you know, Davion, if, if it's all right with you, uh, if anybody in chat has a, uh, has a good question for Davion as well, we can take those later. Um, but, uh, uh, Davion, so, so how long have you been working on, uh, on she dreams elsewhere? I know it's been a while. Uh, about four, four and a half years too long. Wow. <laughs> so, so like, what what inspired you to actually start Studio Severe and 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 take you down this path? Like, 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 where did this all start for you? Um, so I started making games when I was in fifth grade. Um, which is like around the time when um, like the Severe like name came around. because uh, like I was like my you know young dumbass kid self. Um, and like had like like these like fake studio names i would make uh and severe interactive was like one of them um so yeah started making games fifth grade uh all of them were pretty shitty we don't talk about them nowadays <laughs> but um it was around high school when i was like hey you know game dev that could be kind of like an actual uh good career path i guess um so around freshman years when i started like wanting to 
like make like my first like commercial game. Uh, so I had like a few like prototypes and like concepts kicking around, uh, none of which like really went anywhere. Because it was like that cycle of like, you know, you're working on one thing and it's like, oh, I have a new idea. Let me uh, work on that for a little bit. I'll come back to you in a little bit. But for right now, let me see. Uh, let me work on the big, shiny new idea. Um, and it was kind of like a loop of that for like a good few years. Uh, and She Dreams came around uh, my senior year of high school. And it almost fell in that loop too. But then I was like, eh, you know, this this premise is like way too good. Just kind of like just let go like that. Um, so I kept working on it. Um, and as the years went on, I kind of like became a lot more serious about it. Like, you know, being full time, having like an actual LLC, you know, doing actual marketing, yada, yada. Um, and yeah, just the rest is history, I guess. And um, Finn, go ahead, buddy. So, uh, I mean, we, we talked about this at PAX, but for I'd, I'd love for this story to be told again for our, our listeners, because you had such an amazing journey of going to trade shows like PAX and just showing the game off on your phone to where you are now with being picked up by Microsoft and uh, what was it? Um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name. The publisher indie people. Uh, Whitethorn? No, dang it. Belinda used to be part of it. Oh, Pop Agenda. Yes. Pop Agenda, yeah. I was blanking yeah, on the name. Them. I don't know why. But yeah, so please, uh, can you walk us through like how you went from just a developer making a game on your own to, like, because you, pre- you pretty much sold yourself. Yeah, it's like, honestly, that's a question where I'm like still trying to like wrap my head around. Uh, but I have a very, very educated guess. Um, See, so yeah, I started working on the game a few years ago. Um, and I'll like share kind of like some screenshots and like little snippets like online, like every once in a while. But uh, it was around um, September 2018 when I went to like my first like actual expo. Um, I had like, I was like with like this group called the Cleveland Game Developers. Uh, so y'all like went down to Columbus. Uh, it's like a bunch of us like showing off our games, like this one little like booth space. Uh, and I had like the very end of like this like small like little like table. Um, and yeah, that was like, the first like showcase of the game. And from there, it was just kind of like going through events like every like few months or so, showing it off. Uh, and at the end of that year, I released a demo online. And after that happened, it was just like this huge just like blow of like just people like checking out the game, like the reception and all that stuff. Uh, and then I went to GDC a few months later for the first time, and then it just like blew up even more. Um, yeah, so ever since then, it's just been kind of like this, like kind of gradually, uh, like increasing snowball, just like pressure and expectations and attention, and just like I don't really, I just, like I honestly, like I don't know what I'm doing, but like <laughs> I, all evidence to the contrary. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm making it work as best I can. So, dude, like. Like when I saw you at PAX East 2020, um, there was, I mean, there was a ton of people wanting to play She Dreams Elsewhere. Like, how does that hit you? Like, 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 at, at what point are you like, this is real and happening to me right now? I'm at, a, I'm at one of the largest gaming conventions in the world and everybody wants to play my game. Like, how do you react all of a sudden to all this? I mean, all this attention, basically. It's really weird. Like, so when like when you're like in the moment like at the actual show floor, it's just kind of like oh, there's like a line around. I think we lost you. Did we lose? Did we lose Davion? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, we lost him. Oh no. Davion, we lost you, buddy. I don't know if we'll, get him back. Us. we'll get we'll him get back. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. 
So, guys, how about those Cubs? Oh, well, never mind. They're not playing anything. There's no baseball. Yeah, there's no such thing as sports anymore, John. <laughs> wow. There's oh, Davion. Hey, there we go. There's Davion. Now Wait, did I cut off? Oh. You cut yeah, off. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Awkward. So, we, we lost you right when you were talking about how you, you were thinking, oh, there's just a lot of people here in general. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I just got your uh, text on the Discord. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... When you're like, again, we got that show floor, it's just like, oh, it's a lot of people, it's a good time, like, whatever. And then, like, you go back to the hotel room or, like, kind of, you have that reflective moment of, like, oh, shit, there's, like, people who, like, actually like this game. And, like, you have, like, actual attention. And it's great, but it's also absolutely terrifying. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun little balance to take into account. So, uh, I think we've talked a lot about kind of the story of, of, of you kind of getting this ball rolling, but for people out there who aren't familiar with She Dreams Elsewhere, That's um, a good question. hit hit them with that pitch. What What is it in a nutshell? All right, let me tell you about it, kids. It's a, uh, She Dreams Elsewhere is a surreal adventure RPG. Uh, basically, <laughs> you're playing Nostalgia. You're in a coma. You got to find out, oh shit, how do I get in the coma? How do I wake up? How do I find my friends? What is happening here? And you got to do that while finding out how you got there and finding out how to wait a way to wake up and just kind of having a horrible trippy experience the entire time. Wait, what's that? Are you saying there's a free demo available on Steam right now? Devin, did you say that? Did you just say that? Oh my God, there's a free demo out. Oh, yeah, what? apparently there is. Like, like I don't know. You could you could download it on Steam right now. It's we- holy shit. And wait, wait, like, what's wow. that? You can pet the dog. You can pet the dog. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, you oh. feel better when you pet the dog. I'm so glad Finn brought that up. When I played it at PAX East 2020, <laughs> the save point was a dog, and it was so fucking good. Like it was so good, Devion. Dev, dude, that's the best fucking save point I've ever so seen good. in an RPG. Oh, you since got like it. Final Fantasy IX, really since good. Final Fantasy IX with the Moogles that would like throw the book down and be like, "All right, time to write down your adventures." Like, dude, petting a fucking dog to save your game is exactly what we need in 2020. That is <laughs> Actually, awesome. Actually, I do, I do have a, a very technical question: Is the demo, uh, is the free demo, the same one that I played at East? Because if it's not, I'm gonna go play another demo. It's so the East one was like the second half of like the full online demo, okay. and the full online one is like. Uh, it has more, more like the narrative elements, the character building, the all that fun stuff. Honestly, I play it again just to hear the dang bops. Oh, oh the music is great. Only any enemy design is yeah. yeah. Shout out Mimi. <laughs> shout I out love, to Mimi. I love like. I, I think you were actually the first demo I had at East this year, and I love, like, the deep self-consciousness I get when playing demos I get excited about, because I start, like, like, depending on what it is, I'll be, like, laughing, or I'll be, like, if it's, like, a horror game, I'll be, like, yelling, but in your case, I was sitting there, like, at the demo station, just, like, yeah, I was just, like, bopping, like, Aww. I started tapping my foot, and, like, my whole body just started bopping, Wait. and I'm, like, this is great, Did me and I was, the- like, He's got to be looking at me like, what the fuck is her problem? No, and I like, love oh, God, I have to interview her for a second. I look like a moron. Is Mimi the one who did the music? Yes. Yes, she is. Wow. Mimi, it's a story. 
straight bop. It's yeah. so amazing work. Love Shout me. out to Mimi in chat. We're gonna have to get she Mimi on chat. here later because I want to talk about. I want to talk about like. If, I don't know if you have this idea, and you don't have to tell me if you do. But like, if you guys were thinking of like selling the soundtrack separately or like putting it oh, on Spotify, absolutely. I'd fucking throw down money I, for that. We got you. We got you. I would. Ooh, I'd buy it. Just saying. So, so Davion, can you can you talk about some of the inspirations behind this game? Like, and now we're starting to get into not just the visual design of the game, but the combat itself, because there's a lot you're drawing from. Yeah, it like I, like I take from like pretty much anything and everything. So, like obviously, there's like stuff like you know games like you know Earthbound, Persona, Off, Life is Strange, like a whole you know a lot of games in there. But uh, honestly, like most of my inspiration like comes from just like movies music and like just tv um see there's stuff like bojack horseman atlanta like anything by david lynch like oh david like i'm all about that yeah yeah i had honestly the whole concept of you're in a coma like i i hadn't even thought about like the the david lynch twin peaks vibes there but oh now that you do that complete now that you mentioned that it completely makes sense that's awesome yeah i've just always been like super attracted to like his work where it's just like that super super surreal like you don't know what the fuck is happening and like yeah he does it in, like just such this like unique way like uh david lynch just yeah. perfect one of the things i love uh about every uh she dreams elsewhere is visually like it's funny to bring up david lynch because it doesn't really visually remind me of that but it gives me kind of a, a similar emotional like the visual style is very heavily um secondary colors and blacks um yep. Like, which is a very weird, dreamlike uh, kind of aesthetic, uh, which, you know, fitting enough with the theme of the game. Um, but yeah, it gives that very kind of like, just mildly detached, like, you know, it's it's a really unique, really cool look to but the game. It's very instantly recognizable. You must tell them how you got that look because you told me at East. And oh, it was yes, very please. Funny. Oh. Please, Davion. Well, uh, so if all that being said, uh, the black and white <laughs> art aspect, uh, that was 100% an accident. Um, so I was, like, making, uh, like, enemy art one day, like, early on, on in development. And that was, like, back when, like, everything was, like, super colorful, cartoony, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I pressed the wrong button in Photoshop, made everything black and white. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up. But that goes hard. That's the game now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I kind of developed it from there. Like, I've always been a huge fan of, like, just black and white in general. Like, yeah. if you go on, like, my Instagram page, like, my personal one, there's, like, a lot of, like, black and white photos that I take. So that's that was, like, 100%, like, up my up my alley. So Well, and you know what? That honestly, like, given the surrealistic tone of the game itself, like, that honestly makes sense. I think that's a good... Artistically, I think that was probably the right choice. Um, because playing the game with that minimalistic, you know, you know, color scheme, I, I actually, it really delivered the feeling of being like, you know, living in my own head, you know, like being in a comatose state, you know, walking through a dream world. Um, it, 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 it lent a weight to the world that I think, uh, it absolutely needs. And I think is absolutely crucial, uh, to the game itself. Um, and there's a lot of there, there's a lot of Earthbound references in there as well. Primarily, like the combat. Like as soon as the combat started up, I was like, "This is wow!" I was like, "I was like, I love Earthbound." So I already fucking know I'm gonna love this. And um, but but like as far as combat goes, it's not just Earthbound. Like there's some Persona in there too. 
Yeah, like, the thing I love about Persona's battle system, and I and I played 3 and 4, I've yet to play 5, but um, <laughs> what I've always loved, it's like, <laughs> I, if I started it right now, like, I'm just, I'm not going to get anything done. So, um, but yeah, what I loved about Persona is that it's so, and it's core, it's still, like, pretty simple, but it has that depth towards, like, not, like, you're not just, like, hitting, like, the attack button, like, throughout the entire game. Like, there's actual, like, strategy, like, still involved. Um, so I've always just, like, kind of loved that whole aspect of it. But, like, still, like, kind of still want to see my own thing of it, too. Um, so, I don't know. My whole, like, design, me- like, mentality is just, like, like simple to learn, easy to master, essentially. And that's what I really liked about, you know, Dragon Quest, too. Because um, that's where I really, like, got, like, like, I really kind of, like, honed my own, like, personal, like, simple RPG mechanics. Like, how I kind of played them. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm all about, like, easy, simple shit in general. So... From a length perspective, and after this, I'm going to kick it. Question, like from a, like when you're talking about content, you know, and length, like what are you looking at? Like like how long? How long can we expect to actually last for? Um, so I'm estimating it to be like five to seven hours, for like the main story, and then ten to twelve for 100. percent Okay. But I've also like noticed that like whenever I'm doing playtesting, I tend to like um, underestimate how long certain things will take. So. I don't know. I'll be like, oh, yeah, you can complete the section in, like, you know, 15 minutes, and then they'll be there for, like, half an hour. So, I, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, who else has got a question for Davion? And, and, by the way, if you're in chat, throw some questions out there. We'll ask me to Davion. Finn. Oh, I just uh, tried. Finn, Finn and then Reb. I didn't see Reb's hand. No, no, Reb first. I already asked a couple. Okay, Finn. Reb, please, go ahead. Um, I mean, we already, you and I kind of talked about this, but we should talk about it again. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, the, the thing that struck me when I was playing it is that it's not... It's not a, at least in the demo, it's not a happy game. Like, even before you really get into the nuts and bolts of, like, you know, kind of what, what's going on with the main character and why she's there and what's happening, um, you notice, like, her all of her attacks are based on being angry and frustrated and and just having kind of these pent-up emotions. And then you get you get further into it and you realize that she just, she just came from a party where shit did not go her way. Um, she has some complicated relationships with her friends and she has some complicated relationships with herself. And as you pick up more party members, they all kind of have their own frustrations and agitations too. And it's, it's very real. I mean, you know, most games deal with that. We're not living in a society where we tell stories that are boring and no one has any complexity. But this game right from the get-go like has some very kind of dark moments. And there, there's one in particular in the demo that comes up that's very very specifically dark and like deals with kind of the depths of depression and and how people sort of envision that um i get i guess how how it i'm losing a word here but i i guess i guess how it sort of comes across so i guess i don't don't know talk about that like why what why was that important to you to convey and why was it important you convey in the way that you did yeah like our generation is like very especially like what's like, with what's going on right now, like, you tend to see, like, you know, you go on Twitter or everything like that, and, like, we had this horrible, serious situation, but, like, we're kind of, like, laughing throughout it. Like, not laughing at the situation, but just, like, it's kind of our way of coping. Yeah. Um, and going back to that whole, like, Bojack Horseman Atlanta type of comparison, like, that show is really great at being, like, very, like, like, very jokey, like, very hilarious, but also, like, it has, like, those super, like, real moments, and... And it's very detailed in the way like the, like characters interact with each other, um, so I think like just taking like those little things and like just playing those seeds a little bit, and then like as the game goes on, you kind of like see those layers kind of like peeled back, like where these act- what the characters like actually like where they actually going through. Um, see, so yeah, it's it's been a complicated thing to kind of figure out, and um, 
kind of like find like that, like that, like the right balance. But I don't know. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> That's really all <laughs> you can ask. Personal fucking statement right now. Ben, you had a question. I did, but it ended up inadvertently being answered by Reb. So instead, I'll ask my definitely real question. Of uh, so after this game releases, how long until you start working on she, she dreams elsewhere? Man, I hate you so much. Like, I'm leaving this call right now. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Know. I'll, I'll turn that into a real question. When you and I were talking, and even just kind of in this call, like you're 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 solo. I mean, you you're not entirely solo, right? Like you've got Mimi, you've got a couple contract people helping you out, but. But largely, you're making this game, you know, ki- kind of in a, in a vacuum by yourself. Um, and you you talk when you talk to me, and I, I'm publishing a bit of an interview with Davion tomorrow on GamesIndustry.biz. So you should go read it. Um, but um, aside from that, like like it, you know, you you talked about how it's hard being by yourself and making games. And I guess I was curious, like, would you want would you want to keep doing that, or would you want to like seek out other people and like form a team or find a team after this? That's actually a really good question because. I've been thinking about that like a lot these past few weeks. Um, so I think for games, especially like I'll probably like do like another like solo project, but like in a smaller scale and just like more for fun. Um, but for the next like I guess like big boy project, like there's no way I'm doing it solo like ever again. Like yeah. ever again. Um, yeah, it's just it's a lot, but that's also like, and that's like saying if like I do like do game number two because i do want to go back to film i do want to do like tv stuff for like a little bit um so i don't know the timeline is kind of weird right now um i definitely do want to go back to get in the games do you want to have a team uh when that's going to happen is a completely different question but we'll figure it out uh derek did you want to ask a question for blaine yeah yeah um friend of the show blaine anderson in chat um who is probably gonna be checking out your demo after this uh because they're in love love with what they saw on the store page but they're curious if you are familiar with or were at all inspired by the game yuma nikki oh of course that's like that's one of the classic like rpg maker games one of the classic indie games like like i love the whole mysterious vibe that that game had yeah um so yeah very much so Cool, cool, cool. I'm glad we could get that answer. There we go. I've got a question, Davion. And I asked this at PAX East, but I'm going to ask it again. Switch port when? Oh, I wouldn't know, man. I don't play video games. I don't even know why I'm here. I just wandered in here just chilling. (laughs) I want to take this game wherever I go. Um, so I just, just throwing it out there. But do you have a, do you have like a, like a tentative release date in mind? I do. Um, it's gotten a little bit shifted because like this recent virus shit show, but uh, definitely twenty twenty. Uh, when? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> when it's done, yes. <laughs> it'll be released. It'll be released when it's done. Um, Actually, oh. sorry, random business question that I didn't get to ask you at East because it wasn't a problem <laughs> at East. Yeah. Um, is this like? Is I mean, you you are again. You are like by. Sitting in your place, I presume, by yourself, working on this, like you're not you're not getting kicked out of a giant studio you were working in. Has this right. like impacted your development in any sort of like, like I I guess like development or economic way? Um, workflow wise, not really. Like you know, I can pretty much like work wherever, and like all my like collaborators like are remote anyway. Um, mentally wise, it's like definitely it's like taking yeah. like a huge hit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've actually been taking like a break from development like these past like two weeks, just you know, mm-hmm. chilling, kind of 
trying to refocus it a little bit. Um, Cause it's just like a huge, just like shift in just like life. And it didn't hit me until like a few days uh, after uh, Ohio went into shelter in place. Um, and usually I work out of a co-working space, which is like super dope. Like it's not like a gaming oriented space, but like there's like a lot of like good coworkers here, a lot of like good friends um, and also structure, which is really important. Um, and like in the blink of an eye, like all of that was just gone. So it's just, it's been hard to adjust to that. Um, plus just like, you know, collaborating like other people I you know work with just uh, like emails and communication have been like a lot more dicey these past few weeks. Like it's slowly starting to get back up, but it's everybody's kind of adjusting. Which is like kind of the good and bad part of it all, because like we're all in this together. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I was kind of saying something um, on the last episode of the show last week, but like this is a time period where more than ever we're consuming the media and art that is is put out there because we ha- both have more time and we need the distraction more than ever. But like the way this is impacting artists and creatives, uh, both from a standpoint of of being able to work together and just the, the impact on your mental health. Uh, cause, cause like you said, you know, if this, the impact on your mental health will affect your productivity. Um, and it's funny you bring up like literally emails are not coming and as often are getting responded to as quickly. Cause like every one of us everywhere in every job, we're all just right exactly. now. And like, yeah. I think I'd like, I'd like to hope that we come out the other side of this um, with a little bit more respect and understanding um, for what our our artists and our creators go through um, and, and what they need from us in order to create, um, you know, the, the stories and the content that we desire so badly. So uh, I just I, I thank you for kind of bringing that aspect of it up on how the mental health impacts yeah. your own productivity, because sure, yeah. I think that's really important for people to hear. You are so, also absolutely not the first uh, game developer to tell me that. I have talked to multiple people over the last couple of weeks where when I asked them, you know, how this is impacting them. I, I mean, there, there have been some economic impacts, but for the most part, the games industry is economically doing okay for now. But the mental impact is awful because this is awful and it's, it, it's fucking everybody up. And yeah, I don't know. I only good thoughts at you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like... I remember I sat down to write, like, before I even took my break. And the entire day, just nothing came out. I just, like, like I just straight up, like, just couldn't do anything. So it's slowly coming back to me, like, just one day at a time. But, um, yeah, we're, we're all trying to make it work as best we can, really. Yeah. So, uh, Devion, if people wanted to find you or Studio Zavir on Twitter, where, where, would, they, where would they look? Where are you? Uh, I, I know where you're Studio Zavir. Uh, Z-E-V-E-R-E on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to find me personally, uh, that's uh, just my name, at Davion Gooden, also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post pictures sometimes whenever the fuck I actually take them, which hasn't been recently. <laughs> but they're coming. Well, I got to tell you, uh, you know, if you have not played the demo for She Dreams Elsewhere, it is on Steam right now. Uh, you Go download that. Um, I... I, I this has become one of my most anticipated games this year. Uh, I fell in love with it from the moment I played it. Uh, and I have been following the the progress of this game very closely. Uh, so um, I am going to stop playing Animal Crossing for this. Yes. Like, oh. I, I am. I <laughs> That's am a huge so, compliment, actually. Wow. No, I it's am, meant to be. 
<laughs> I have I have a backlog of like three or four other games that I really want to be playing right now, but I'm not playing them because of Animal Crossing. But I'm going to put this down. Going to put Animal Crossing down when she leaves elsewhere comes around. You take that, Tom Nick. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I you know I I did have one more question for Davion. If uh, Davion, if you don't mind. Um, no. Yes. So, so I thought it was super interesting and and really refreshing that I haven't heard this mentioned yet. Every single player, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, every player character in this game is a person of color. Um, yes, sir, indeed. And I was curious, how much of yourself did you pour into this game? Um, like you know, we've talked about you know your influences from from other games, you know, other areas of the industry. But how much of like like what influences? is this game pulling from from Davion? Yeah, what percentage of the game is autobiographical? Uh, probably like 100%. <laughs> um, more like 90, really. Like, So, like, every character has, like, some kind of, like, aspect of me, either positive or negative, if not both. Um, and just also just based off, of like, personal experiences, either, you know, my own experience with, like, mental health, or, like, you know, helping out others, or, like, them telling me, or just stuff like that. Um... And like a lot of those conversations, you know, both the dark ones and just the, you know, super like off the cuff, like random funny ones. Uh, that's all just like, you know, just me like talking with my friends, really. So uh, that, I've always been the, like just a personal guy. The dialogue was super like yeah. how people actually talk, which was great. It was extremely well written. I noticed that too, right? Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard balance because sometimes when you try and write real dialogue it comes off as you're trying to very authentic yeah and you here come the memes friends yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. there's a, there's a <laughs> hello how, kid. how do you do fellow gamers exactly. there's, a, there's a line between and also like even when 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 you're in it like is it a line between like scott uh why am i blanking on his last name night in the woods Oh God, Benson! Thank you. Yeah, There's Pilgrim. a line between Scott Benson and like Diablo Cody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, no, it's fellow gamers. Yeah, I always try to make things like as like naturalistic as possible. But um, like earlier in development, it was like a little bit too far, where like it was too naturalistic to where it's just kind of like every character being like, "Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, how are you? Like doing that whole type of that little bit." Right. So there's like that balance of like you know being natural and casual but also like just getting to the point um so yeah it's it's been it's something i'm still kind of like working around nowadays um and then they'll kind of like piggyback off the memes thing where it's like <laughs> some people they call it like memes but then like you know like me being here if like you know like i have like a lot of my friends and like a lot of my friends are people of color and i'm just like that's just kind of like how we talk it's just like our slang like you know just super casual so it's it's always just fun to kind of like see like the different reactions to all that. I that that was one of the things that struck me uh, the multiple times that is that the 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 dialogue is not only well, but extremely genuine, uh, and it sounds like you know like you know let's forget the fact for a minute that everybody's in a coma right now. Um, it it. <laughs> It, it sounds like it, it's it sounds like it, it, it sounds like people right it sounds like people it sounds like a conversation like it, it just sounds like you know a manner of speaking uh that i would hear walking down the street um and it was it came across as very genuine and very real uh and dude this just dude there's just so much i appreciate about this game and i am so happy that you agreed to come here and talk with us about it big thank you to finn also for for helping us to get davion on uh, I still got know. the sake, by the way. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you're one of the very few proud owners of a son of Saki, and I'm just happy you enjoyed it. I was so happy when they came up to me, and we were like, it was like the third or fourth day of PAX or whatever, and we were like, I was asking them like who they had given Sockies to, and they mentioned that they were going to give you one, and I was really happy because like I go there for GI Biz, I don't go there for STGC, and so I don't give out Sockies, but and like we don't we don't give out our own rewards, and I was like yes yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no control over that, but I'm like yes, yes. So, no, we're so not nice. so nice. We're not kind enough. There's um, just there's just something so rare about a game like yours. It just comes out and hits all the right chords and checks all the boxes of what I didn't even know I wanted to play. And I just oh, I cannot wait to just get my hands on the full thing. So hurry up. There's, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, yeah, game. We're finishing the game tonight. I have until midnight. Can't you just out. just check the publish you button? It's not hard. Just rush perfection. Slam back a monster like a real gamer. <laughs> pound right? that energy. Pound that. Yeah. Pound that game fuel, Davy. Well, I will. I will send you a crate of game fuel. And yeah. We'll be <laughs> and, fine. And, yeah, and, and... Else sponsored by Mountain Dew. Yeah. Sponsored by actually, that codes. Actually, you could ask Reb about her favorite flavor of Bang. Was it Bang? <laughs> yeah, it was Bang. Yeah, there you What's go. What's your favorite flavor? What is your favorite uh, flavor? God, that's a question. Why Why are we asking me about that? Like, I don't know, because Finn asked it. Yeah, my favorite flavor of Bang is the water I drink afterwards to wash it away. <laughs> I don't know why we're asking. This is the only extreme, good I know. This is an extreme tangent. The reason why he brought this up is because... Uh, I, my my friend, my local friend Zach Zwiesen is the weekend editor for Kotaku. He did a massive review of 19 different flavors of Bang Energy Drink. He invited me and a few other friends over to help him with this. We tried every single one of 19 flavors of Bang Energy Drink. It was a very bad decision. Um, probably I, I don't have them up right now. Probably the the whichever one is the apple one, and then there's like yep. a lemon one that Sour tastes like Sprite. Crisp. Oh, and then Sour there's like a mango peach that was pretty good. Those are the three that were good. The rest were, eh, I wouldn't buy them. After anyway. after the 19 first... energy drinks, Reb was the most exuberant she's ever been. Honestly, no. I was very <laughs> weird. I don't recommend it. So uh, we were safe. We only drank like a little sip of each one. Like, is a, like I ended up drinking probably the equivalent of a can and a half of energy drink total. So it doesn't, it sounds ridiculous, but it wasn't quite that bad. But I was like driving home and I wasn't like intoxicated or anything, but I was having trouble following the signs on the highway. Were you like dissociating behind the wheel? <laughs> I mean, a little bit. I was like, I had, I it was like, I was calling my boyfriend at the time and I was trying to talk to him. And normally I'm like capable of driving in a direction and talking to somebody on like a Bluetooth headset. Um, and it just was not happening. I started driving in like, I like, there's a part where the highway, I have to, I have to go north to get home. And I just got on the southbound for some reason and just drove south for like 10 minutes and was like i don't actually think this is right and then drove I, and then turned around and drove back. it was very stupid don't drink that much energy don't i've got don't this drink bang energy the ceo is a giant trump supporter yeah I, I i found I, that I've out got, after the fact good i've got know. this mental picture of uh, of imran just on the phone like have you been drinking bang energy and driving <laughs> like like so irresponsible <laughs> don't bang and drive kids Oh, Finn. All right. Anyway, Davion, thank you so much uh, for talking about She Dreams Elsewhere with us. Very excited about this. We, we've we got one more. Uh, we got another topic to, to talk about. Um, yeah. 
and uh, and this is a wholesome one. So, Derek, why don't you uh, why don't you launch us into our our follow up topic? Sure, sure. So, give me a moment here. So, um, the new PlayStation Five controller, the Dual Sense, as Sony is calling Sense. it, was revealed. It's a very sensual name, except not at all. Um, was revealed, um, and there was much discourse. Uh, a about the design because originally they only revealed the, D the the, the yep. two tone white and black which I love and most it's of the bad. internet hates. It's um, bad so much. And they later revealed bad. that there's a solid white and a solid black, so we all yelled for nothing. Um, but what was really interesting was there was a lot of discussion about the um, the like a lot of people talking about what they wanted from the ergonomics of the controller, what kind of port. It used to charge. Was it micro USB or USB C? Did it have the headphone jack? I saw people talking about accessibility and whether or not buttons should be colored. Um, I saw people talking about the pebbled texture on the back of the grips and the size and length like of that. the grips and offset sticks versus matched sticks, which like a lot of people talking about like what they hmm. wanted, what they liked and disliked about the controller. So. We've all yelled about the DualSense. It's fine. The PS4 controller um, had a child with an Xbox One controller. We get it. I would like for us to talk about controllers in general. What Ooh. are, for you all, examples of good and bad game controllers and what makes a good controller? I think let's start with the good stuff and then we can save off a little bit of dunking for the end because that's always really fun. Reb, it seems like you really want to Yeah, go Reb's first. got something she wants to What's say. What's a controller you love and what makes a good controller for you? Guys, the GameCube controller is so nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I yes. love it. And it's so hard. I One of you articulate why you love it because I don't know. I just, I, I think at least some of it comes from it being the fact that the GameCube was the very first console that I ever owned personally, but it just, it, it has never felt uncomfortable for me. And I think, I think here is, here is my hot take about gaming controllers in general is that I wish they made every gaming controller in a couple different sizes. Um, one for people with tiny hands like me and one for people with large hands because everyone else is complaining about the Joy-Cons and how small they are and they're perfect for me but I understand why they're not perfect for other people but then I like play on other controllers and I'm like this is too fucking big I can't reach all these buttons anyway the GameCube controller was like the perfect size for my hands and the buttons were squishy and felt really good and I know people rag on the C-Stick but I really liked the C-Stick anyway I, GameCube so controller fuck yes just give me more of those the inside I loved the fact that people can disagree with me all they want but the inside of the stick was uh was edged it wasn't round oh it was yeah and, that was good. And, and and that is something that honestly i wish would come back because it made it so much easier to 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 uh pinpoint which direction mm -hmm. you wanted to go mm -hmm. uh which is why it was so good for like smash brothers for example right mm -hmm. like there's a reason they brought this back for the switch for smash brothers ultimate because because the inside the polygon it's almost like a like a like a hexagon right reb um yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah One, but two, three, but four, i five, i i wish edge something like that yeah but but it was edge it had very distinct corners and i wish that would come back in modern controllers because it just it made playing with a thumbstick so much more precise, and that is something that I loved about the game. Devion, what about you, man? Uh, I'm definitely on that GameCube hype yeah. train for sure. Like it's just it's just so cozy to hold. Like it's just so satisfying. Like, um, 
you look at it and you're like, this is a this is a disaster. But then you pick it up and you play with it and you're like, holy shit, it actually it actually works. Yep. I don't believe it. Only Nintendo could have done this. Only Nintendo. So one um, of the funny things is one of the things that makes it like a disaster is how how goofy and toyetic it looks. It looks ridiculous. But the thing is, everything about its design and the button design actually makes it so much more accessible. Uh whether that's in regards to like people who have um, executive disabilities or people who just are like new to gaming because so many of the buttons are immediately recognizable based on shape, size, and color, right? Yeah. Look at those face buttons. A is big and round and green. B is smaller and red. Immediately, there's no other red button on the controller. There's no other green button on the controller. Which stick is it supposed to be? Well, one of them's gray and one of them's yellow. Um, for your shoulder buttons, the L and R obviously left and right, but then which one is it? Well, Z is the blue one, you know, X and Y are uniquely shaped and offset. So you can tell even when they put it in like a dialogue box in Zelda, this one's the X button. Which one is it? It's the one that looks exactly like that when you look at a controller. Um, yeah. just mm -hmm. like, oh, in, in a way that we've really lost, and, and admittedly, we like our nice, clean, modern, high-tech, very uniform no, look, but no. GameCube was so good for learning to game and not having to constantly double-check if you were not somebody who was used to gaming. I like controllers that look like play school toys. And yeah, I am being very I, sincere about that. I fucking do. Like, they are good. And for the exact reasons that Derek just outlined. Well, here's yeah, Game the real Cube was like what N64 wanted to be. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I hate the controller. We can all agree that the GameCube controller was good uh, and, and was definitely not appreciated in its time as much as it should have been. But what was your color of choice? Because that, I feel like, should be its own BuzzFeed personality quiz. Like, what I mean, game <laughs> color controller were you? I mean, classic purple, obviously. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like to be color coded. Is the closest this I could get to that N64 atomic purple that I'm just yeah, still. Yeah, the I, yeah. That was my Nintendo 64 controller, and it was my first Game Boy. We're both that atomic, atomic purple. purple is I the have shit. been chasing yeah. that high. For the, for the whole rest of my life since, and I've never caught back up to it. This also, is very funny of me because I no longer, mm -hmm. I, I was bitching on Twitter just the other day about how every new controller and every new like console that comes out is like either black or white, and it's very boring to me, and I hate it. But I actually had the black GameCube and the black controller, and the reason I had those is because literally everybody that had a GameCube, that I, everybody that I knew that had a GameCube had the purple one, and I wanted to be different. You wanted yeah. to stand apart from the crowd. I did. I had the orange <laughs> one. I went orange. I don't Ooh, know. I don't think orange was, because no. it was just black and purple at launch, right? Yes. I mean, right, I, I had yeah. the purple, but then the first one I bought on my own, because uh, it's a GameCube, you had to eventually get four controllers. Yeah. But also, shout out to the GameCube for bringing us the Wavebird, which was the gold standard the wireless controllers mm. for yeah. so long. Yep. I don't so, think, I think we had to hit the PlayStation uh, 3 and Xbox 360 era before uh, wireless controllers. Like, and even then, like, dude, Wavebird felt so good. Oh. So I actually have a submission for one of the best controllers of all time. In fact, I would argue it best controller of all time. Um, Get ready to disagree. I, patience. The Xbox adaptive controller. 
Ooh, um, well, see, now I'm literally and legally not allowed to disagree with you. I'm pretty so, sure. So, because <laughs> the, the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which was a collaboration between Able Game, our friend Steven Spawn, and uh, and Xbox, has allowed so many people because, like, one of the biggest problems with this industry, uh, both on the development side and on the on the on the actual you know gameplay side, has been uh, ableism. Uh, and, uh, you know, th there are just a lot of games that, that, you know, disabled gamers are not able, have not traditionally been able to enjoy. Uh, but a lot of that has honestly changed with the Xbox adaptive controller. It's one of the most progressive things I've seen this industry do. Uh, and the time and attention and, and the, and the care that went into designing this, this thing, like, you know, props to able gamers for, for making it happen and props to Xbox for taking it so seriously. Because, you know, some of my favorite, like, we all talk about the moments that define a generation, you know, like, and people talk about games, right? People talk about God of War, people talk about, uh, you know, Gears of War, people talk about Call of Duty. But for me, some of the most defining images from this generation of games has been young disabled children, disabled people of any age, being able to pick up a controller and play and, and, and play something, some of them for the first time. And that is just so heartwarming to me. Uh, be, gaming should be for everybody. Nobody should be locked out from playing what they want to play. And I just think that the Xbox Adaptive Controller has ha, is one of the biggest strides this industry has ever taken. Derek? Um, I saw there was a Twitter post making the rounds um, not long ago of uh, somebody who was um, in a wheelchair and severely mobility limited who um, had a setup with their Xbox adaptive controller that was enabling them to play Animal Crossing um, on their Switch. And it was the first time they'd been able to play an Animal Crossing game, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's the first time that they'd had that kind of accessibility input on a system. And I didn't even realize that you could use the Xbox adaptive controller to connect to a Switch. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why I would have assumed one way or another, but it was just so cool to see, and it was so eye-opening of, like, how big that that one peripheral is to opening gateways uh for different people's custom solutions to allow them to interface with gaming on their terms it's um, the little uh, things right you yeah. know it's the little things like mm, it really is like you know i mean gaming i mean gaming is something that is very personal to me very special to me and i love i love when when people are able to share in something that that i love uh and it, I have, you know, Steve helped my, like, I used to be one of those needed needed an easy mode, but after learning that people were not able to physically play the game the way it existed, I'm now a strong advocate for something like that. And and so things like the adaptive controller don't just help disabled gamers play, they also help educate people like me on the outside looking in who, who don't have to deal with these problems every day and are, are really quite privileged uh, in, in many ways that I had really taken for granted up until recently. Uh, Finn, go ahead. What? I thought you had your hand up. I thought I said your hand up. No. Okay. Uh, Devion, what's a controller that you really love? Just a, just a good, solid controller. Honestly, I'm a huge fan of the Xbox One controller. Like that's... Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what I used to game on, like, pretty much anything that isn't, you know, a Switch. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, the Xbox 360 controller was already, like, perfect in my eyes. But it was just, like, the added, like, headphone jack and the, D and the redesigned D-pad just kind of, like, really perfected it up for me. 
So yeah, Xbox like in general is just like making like huge strides and just like accessibility, just like just good controllers. So like, are you talking me. the 360 controller, or the Xbox One controller? Xbox really Kobe? both. Like both of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The one, the I, one's a great controller. The only things I would I would even do to it is I love um, the 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 PlayStation Four having the headphone and headset jack on the controller. Um, if I could throw that on an Xbox One controller um, and give it like gyroscope so you have the option for that stuff in some games only changes mm. i would make xbox one is so close to perfect for like a standard controller i think the switch pro controller is up there too to be perfectly honest with you it's like switch one. pro this it just it the just switch, no okay look let's, let's just back up back up here a little bit oh, okay. the oh, switch pro controller is fine there is nothing wrong with the switch pro controller at this point, we are just listing controllers that do the basic things the controllers are supposed to it just, do. If it has two no. sticks and four <laughs> buttons and a couple triggers and then, a, like, you know, some other thing, it's a controller. Like, we have been using the same model for controllers for a really long time. Well, you, you say that, but, like, the PlayStation 4's controller is is garbage despite having okay, every feature, you know? Whoa, 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 It's, it's whoa, a bad whoa, controller, whoa, 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 no, 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 it's no, no. What's that big dumb thing in the middle? What does it do? Does anyone I, know? It's the touchpad? the DualShock 4 so much. <laughs> it's so bad there to is hold. The battery no, life is like wrong. seven I'm minutes. So so yeah. I'm so sorry that you're wrong. It lights but up for no reason? It must be wrong. Because it's cool. It's so wrong. <laughs> yes, awesome, it is. Brad. I cool. love every dumb feature of the DualShock. I love clicking that dumb thumb pad or touch pad to open up a map because it always goes straight to map. Doesn't matter. Right. It's All just right. replacing for select. I hereby no, no, for the no, no, no. evening. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, because A, I was never even asked about my controller. Fair. Everyone okay. skipped Matthew. Ooh, Finn, so, I, you were next. Finn, Finn is playing with fire. No, no, Finn, please. Fuck please. Matthew. Every single time, the place, it's such an underrated feature and so unnecessary, and I love it so much. There's a built-in speaker, and when a game talks to you through the controller, I fucking love it. It you automatically the first elevates did that? every game. Yeah, and it elevates every game that this does game it. Has, th this controller has an unnecessary feature, therefore it's the best. I love it. The I have time never I heard anybody it, passionately defend the, the first right. time I experienced it was Infamous Second Son when the controller started speaking to you. Or like when they, oh my god, I love it. I love it no, so much. Look. I have picked games to play on PlayStation over Xbox because I enjoy the DualShock controller better than the Xbox controller. I don't like offset sticks. Now look here. Spicy hot take. Now look here. Yeah, that's I am for the remainder of the evening revoking John's bad take king title and Yay! giving it to Finn for the rest <laughs> of the evening. <laughs> The it's only ridiculous. difference is... Why do you have so many bad video game opinions tonight? You're up to three. Cool it. Wait, wait, what's my third one? Uh, hold on. Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy is bad. Animal I never Crossing said bad. bad. I never said it was you bad. You said it wasn't great, and it is great. Yes, That's a bad no, it's good. I don't it's even like great. Final Fantasy VII. I okay. agree with you, and I still think it's okay. a bad take. <laughs> Derek, uh, give us a bad controller. Look, so first off, if we're gonna talk about bad controllers, we gotta talk about. I gotta that. take the freebie, which is the Nintendo 64 controller. That's an easy one. It's, I mean, that's I mean, an it's, easy one. It's an e well, right, but I'm getting that off the way so the rest of you can be creative, right? So it's bad. Nintendo 64 controller. We don't have three hands. We've all somebody needs to find the diagram of how Jeff 
you hold yes. the Nintendo 64 Oh, that controller. was funny. Oh, yeah. 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 It's nonsense. Does someone like, have that? Uh, he's, we'll find it and we'll post it. I'm like, it. Jeff, oh. this is why you have carpal tunnel, I'll find Jeff. it while someone like, else is talking, but I will find it. Um, that was very the funny. Xbox, the original Xbox controller, way too big. The Duke. I the have Duke. giant Sasquatch hands. I can wrap a lot of people's hands in my hands. The Duke controller is too, too fucking Dude. big. You um, could use the Duke controller to anchor a fucking schooner, like yeah, a schooner. Like, yeah, no, that's I'm, a ship anchor. It's look, not a controller. Man, I'm just saying, you had a lot of bears out there who looked at that controller and were just like, "Nah, dude, that's that's unnecessary. It doesn't need to be that big." Um, but but yeah, so like, take those two um, off the table. Uh, I, I mean, I look, got dude, them out of the way for you, and I'm gonna find Jeff's diagram and I'm gonna show please it. Please do. It's so good. Uh, I, I gotta throw the DualShock 4 outfit. I'm sorry. It's just a bad <laughs> controller, dude. And like, the battery life is like an hour if it's not plugged into my. It feels like it's. Oh, wow. Look, look at looking in my big old hands. The most predictable jokes Finn, ever. No, 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 Finn. And, and, and I swear to God, dude, the touchpad, no games use the touchpad, okay? That thing is like a plate for holding snacks. Okay? okay, it's not a touchpad. Nobody Wait, uses it. We're holding. There's, All right, there's buddy. no game that actually uses it. Fit. Okay, name buddy. me a big Fit. game in the past two years that has used the touchpad. Any for of the Assassin's Creeds. Any of the Assassin's Creeds. For what? Uh, what? It, I loved it because every direction that you swiped on it, it would immediately brought you to a different part of the thing instead of having to go through your giant list of menus. If I swipe one way. Skills swiped another way. Map swiped one way. It went to uh, it went to something. You else. don't even it, know. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm going off the top of my head. I'm gonna suggest that this is a design flaw in Assassin's Creed and not a design perk of the DualShock Four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not even saying that the DualShock is the best controller. It's just not a terrible one. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, hey, by the way, there it is in chat. Jared. It's about a minute how, into that clip. Uh, how uh, Jeff holds an Jeff gave controller. us a diagram of how he placed that his hands on this controller. And it's, Jeff, it's... I can't handle how dumb that was. Jeff suffers from a it's and, and I'm like, Jeff, this is why. It's not because you talk a lot. It's because this is how you... He oh, holds that controller in a non-Euclidean manner. Like... <laughs> De Davion, well, Davion, what's a really bad controller, Davion? Give us like like the bottom of the barrel for you. Uh, all right, this might be Loki a hot take, but uh, any mobile phone game that requires two hands. Ooh, Wait, those exist. Okay, okay. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. Plenty really? Yeah, they sadly okay, exist. I don't, it's just the virtual it just feels so awkward. joystick or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Any virtual joystick. It's just G so awkward. Give me an example. Give me an example of what feels bad. So like you're playing like Sonic on your phone for whatever fucking reason. Oh, <laughs> no. It's a shame because they're like, great ports with awful controls. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. No, I would never play fucking Sonic on my mobile phone. <laughs> no. Oh, God, yeah. no. No, that's Finn. that's actually really funny, right? Because like mobile is mobile is exciting for design because it specifically has things that nothing else does, right? Like the whole fucking thing is a touchscreen. Like Angry Birds and similar were revolutionary because you could phys you physically pull back on the bird and you shoot it at the pig, right? Like it's it, that's exciting. That's something people like to do. Apparently, um, it's very funny to see people try to translate 
average normal video game controls into mobile as if that's a thing that is going to work. Yeah, I'm just like, why? Just give me a controller. Like, I'm good. Don't do all this extra shit. <laughs> but that's just my hot take. That's I don't think that's not all that hot. Take. That's pretty that's normal. Like cold, that's like a cold take. <laughs> Finn. Finn's got his hand up. Okay, so two things. One, because again, never I got to answer my own question. My favorite controller. Come on, we haven't is... even gotten to me yet. Then why did we switch to bad controllers? You just brought oh. up games. Chaos we're just, reigns. Never, we're just jumping I never around. Got you threw in the DualShock Finn, no, tell us what no, you I love didn't. and All then I tell us what you hate. All I did was defend the DualShock. Finn, give us that two-pack. Right, give us right. the two-pack, man. My favorite one is the Xbox One Elite. It is okay. probably the best controller that I've ever played. It actually makes me like offset sticks. Does it make so you a better gamer? Uh, no, because I'm terrible no matter what controller I have. <laughs> uh, and my least favorite is the DualShock 6-axis. Or not even the DualShock, the 6-axis. The yeah, the, yeah, the you want to talk 3. about a controller with a... No, because the DualShock 3 was good. They added in the rumble and everything. Oh, the right, original, right, right. Okay, you're right. The original yeah. six axis where they're like, we can't have rumble, but instead you can. You want to talk shitty features of a controller. You talk about that motion sense. The motion. That, to, oh yeah. man, do you remember they, Lair? Remember Lair? I, I do remember Lair, and I and I uh, uh, and I remember it being forced into really good games and games I enjoyed. I remember having to use the motion sensing to stay balanced on a log in Uncharted. And stuff like that. I that was a bad controller, but then when they replaced it with the DualShock Three, it stopped being an issue. But the six axis as itself was, was terrible. Right up there with the Wii U garbage. gamepad. Remember them telling us that the six axis didn't have rumble, not because yes. of the on the ongoing legal battle they were going through, but because oh, it would interfere with the motion sensing. And then Nintendo with their Wii remotes is like, oh, yeah. we already announced both of those things. <laughs> like, why and is then this? later when the DualShock 3 came out, they are like, oh, I guess we've magically yeah. fixed the problem. <laughs> a wizard <laughs> fixed it. A wizard. <laughs> Reb, you, you dropped us a good controller. What about a bad one? Finn gets to drop his bad controller because otherwise he's going to get really mad about it in five minutes. All right, Finn, go ahead. I just said the bad one. It was the He did. Oh, well, oh, he yeah. did actually. Yeah. Are you sure there's not axis. another one? I only needed one of each. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, this is gonna be not a hot take, but maybe a weird one. Um, let me tell you a little story of about oh five years ago. Um, I was a newly minted uh, games writer. Um, I was doing reviews on the Nintendo 3DS, um, and I was sent a copy of Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. For the 3DS. Uh, great game, honestly. Had a great time with it. Uh, but Mario & Luigi Paper Jam has a fun little mechanic, um, which you were familiar with if you've played any of the Mario RPG games, um, where you have to uh, time your button presses in battle in order to attack things. And at the beginning of the game, this is very simple. Um, you just sort of, you know, hit the button when it says to hit the button and you go. But by the end of the game, you're doing, like, these really complicated fucking things in order to do lots of damage. you got to get them right or you fuck up and take damage. It's really, really critical. Now, I was still a little baby game journalist, and we were still not getting codes very quickly. And so I got this game with about... I think, a ballpark, but I think like four or five days to review it. It was not a full week. And that game, turns out, is an RPG. It is long. Um, let me just, uh, 
Google it really quick here to see how long that is. Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. How it's like long? It's a 25, 30 hour game, right? Beat, like, I feel like it was longer. Uh, no, it is longer than that. It is 48 hours for the main story, according to howlongthebeat.com, and 77 for the main plus extras. Um, oh, wait, that's how many were pulled. I'm sorry. 27 hours to beat it on average, 34 plus extras. That's still long. Uh, like, that is still very long. So yeah. I was doing this in four to five days. Um, I was very determined to get it done. And it turns out when you are trying to do those kinds of timed button presses on a 3DS controller, hours upon hours upon hours on end to review a game, it hurts. It's bad <laughs> on your hands. I have repetitive motion injury. I probably was going to get it eventually due to my line of work, but I definitely credit the Nintendo 3DS and Mario and Luigi Paper Jam for giving me repetitive motion Fucking injury in Mario. the first place. Fucking Fuck Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario. Fuck so Mario. yeah, the Nintendo 3DS is my. It's not. A, it's not a controller. It's a whole system. <laughs> but the controller is part of the system. The Nintendo 3DS is my least favorite fucking controller in the entire world. So, I love the 3DS as a system. I hope they never system. do that kind of handheld scheme again, though. May I throw a little Please. shade at the 3DS? Please, I love Please. it deeply. It's great. Again, I have Sasquatch hands. And even the 3DS XL is not comfortable to hold. Too um, small. It cramps my palms. There's no grip yes. to it uh, yes. for the way that it curves. That's also, true when you have a small hand. the new 3DS, we really need to talk about how their solution for right analog stick that didn't even get used in a lot of games was to just put a shitty, scratchy mouse nipple on, like, a corner of the controller. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was pretty bad. Hang on. I got oh, my... yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that because I never I used it. I have my Monster Hunter. There's no reason to use it ever. My Monster Hunter 3DS XL back here. Should be Except a new, to like turn right? the con camera, right? Look, like you use that look, turn the camera. Look, it's right here. Yeah, it's this, terrible. This <laughs> no. little... I remember that fucking thing. Little sad nipple in the corner. That looks for, like, like it should be a camera turning, right? Like in Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles. Yeah. Whatever you turn so the camera with bad. that. It's bad, mm. folks. Bad it's choices, bad. yeah. Yeah, so, I'm, I do not miss that. No. So piling onto the bad Nintendo Get controller stuff. Hands. So I, I, I think, I, and like, I think we can all agree. Like, Davion, you tell me what you think. Switch and um, turning a fucking Joy-Con sideways. Fuck that. It's it's terrible. Oh. Don't ever do it. It's the worst. Turning a Joy-Con sideways is all, like for people like me with big hands. It it's the absolute worst. I can see how it might work for somebody with small hands like Reb, but but. Oh my god! Like, it sound I, like a burn. Even people like no, me with no, no, it's not a burn. No, 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 it's not a burn at all. I've just got big hands, and and I just no, 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 dude, that 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 physically pains me on a on a on a no, Derek, stop. Like I don't know. Like, am I off base here, or or does the Joy-Con seem super situational for a lot of people? Like, why would you ever choose to play your game like that? Look at that! Why would you ever do that? I I love I love the idea of the Joy-Con. I love yeah. the idea that you have this system where you have a controller and you're playing it on your couch and then you pick it up and you can take it with you and you can slide the side you can either play it like this or you can slide the sides off and play with, and hand one to a friend and play. That is so fucking smart. Holy fucking shit. And I also respect deeply the fact that combining all three of those things into one system must have been a design nightmare. How do yes. you get controllers that are comfortable to hold to like like this and like this with a friend? Like, how do you do that? I do not know the correct answer. 
I don't love the Joy-Con broken off. It, like it's it, whatever what they did is not quite work for me. I have tiny hands, so it works for me better than other people. But, but you can yeah. add like eh. a centimeter of extra length with the Joy-Con grip. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I, I don't. Know. Makes all the difference in the world. D- Davion, do you ever play with a Joy-Con? Highway? I do. It's only when I'm like playing with friends and like we're playing Smash or Mario Kart or whatever, and like like if you're at a rooftop party and somebody busts their switch out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got to be the cool guy in that situation. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the absolute last resort. You are like when yes. people come over, it's it's asking them, okay, do you have any pro controllers? Do you have enough Joy Cons that we could slide them onto one of those little like middle Rips. pieces and make a full controller? Does anybody have like a wave bird we can plug in with an adapter somehow? <laughs> No? Yeah, okay, no, fine. No, you get the, guess, the, yeah. the one person in the room we don't like. You get the Joy-Con. <laughs> I think we also need to uh, call out the Wii U gamepad for bad controllers as well. Yes, 100%. Like, Talk about like, seven-minute battery life. Well, no, dude, like, so, like I said, I've been playing uh, Wind Waker. I just uh, finished it again for, like, the umpteenth time uh, the other day. And, I like, dude, after a few hours, I'm like, well, I guess I better switch over to my Wii Pro controller because my fucking gamepad is dead now. And uh, and plus, like, dude, holding that thing, like, it feels like you're holding baby's first controller. It feels like a Fisher-Price toy. Like, like, there's no other good way to put it. Like, and what's, what's interesting is that, like, you can see the concept of the Switch in the Wii U gamepad, but with none of the ingenuity and none of the personality and i i hate and what sucks is that it's so instrumental for playing games in the wii u and i hate every it's one of the reasons the wii u is just not a good system right like i i feel like the wii u gamepad played a huge role in that i mean wii it's, it's the so only Switch thing that made live. the wii u different so yeah yeah that's it davion what was that the Wii U died so that Switch could live, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. No, that's a really good way of putting I'm, it. I'm going to show you guys a controller that should, by all means, be fucking awful. And it's actually great. Okay? The Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Controller. This uh, this little babu right oh, here. That's not great. It, no. It's no, uh, no. It no, is no. surprising. Look at how tiny this is. Uh, Look no. at this. But the no. thing is... It it is no. so light. No. Unlike holding something like a 3ds, where part of the problem is that I have to exert s- some minor amount of effort to keep the thing in position. This little thing's really not that bad. That's no. a keychain. That's a keychain decoration. But you don't like the Joy Cons, and you like that. But yeah, the that Joy Cons are the Joy Cons are bigger than that. The Joy Cons are weirdly worse. Um, part of the what makes the Joy Cons no, worse is that true. it's longer but to one side so that either your buttons or your D-pad are in the middle of the controller. Like, and that's awful. Why has everyone got so many bad takes tonight? What the fuck? I'm just saying, this this is my little tablet controller uh, on the worst of times. Finn had a good take. The Resident Evil Evil 4 Chainsaw is pure trash. (laughs) It's real bad. Finn Finn finally had a good time. You know, my favorite of those, the PS2 Xbox GameCube era had had a glut of weird controllers. But I will die defending the dumb Dragon Quest VIII slime controller. Yes. I want that slime controller. I want the Dragon Quest XI slime controller for Switch, but they're so expensive because you have to import them and they sold out like immediately. But I... Will absolutely play on a gigantic switch that just has uh, a gigantic slime. Excuse me, that just has some buttons slapped on the bottom it looks, side of it. it. It looks like you're playing a game on a with a massive Hershey's kiss, and 
I just love that. Like that's that's what I love about the slime controller. Like it, it sounds like Davion knows what we're talking about too. Davion with the slime controller. I saw ads for that when I first got Dragon Quest Eight as a kid, and I was like, I need that, and I oh, just never yeah. got it. And I was just, oh, it's, it's on my fucking list of things to get. It's so good. I just wanted to. Have like I just want to own it. Like, I, I don't want to really kiss him on his on forehead. It. I know. So I just want to take the. I want to take the slime controller to, to to put it on my pillow at night and give him a little smooch. Yeah. We are uh, we are bumping up against our time here. Did it? Did anybody want to throw out a uh, another controller take uh, before we start uh, doing a little housekeeping? Hmm. I will. You know uh, what? I just quick shout out to uh, the the Wii and the Wii U balance boards. Uh, the balance board. Oh Not a great idea, really, um, but also kind of a great idea in some ways. And we had two of them by the end of the Wii U's life cycle, and we used them as uh, steps for the kittens we were fostering to climb into the too tall litter box. So <laughs> shout out to the balance boards. Hey, while we're on that topic, Reb, of like fitness stuff, like apparently the Ring Fit Ring is really good. Like one it's... would imagine having not been able to find one in stock, but yeah, whatever. Like whatever. I wish is... I could confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm just gonna get fat. <laughs> Nothing Dare wrong with look... that. True, true great. fact. Oh look oh, at that oh, Finn, Finn showing off. Finn be like, oh, I have must one be nice. I don't even use it. Hmm. I, I, I wear it as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Why is that so funny? You know. beautiful beast, you. <laughs> Finn, just, Finn, just put, Finn just puts it on his head with the joy got in there. <laughs> of course it would immediately fall <laughs> to his shoulders because it's a giant ring. Finn just wears it as a necklace around the house. <laughs> it's uh No, it, you weren't listening. He said he wears it as a hat. <laughs> it's uh it's it's such a throwback to the dumbest family guy thing from its original season just what i don't even remember the context of the line just he goes it can also be a hat and i just <laughs> i just say it with random things and it makes me giggle it made us giggle um so we are uh, we are bumping up again our time here i i would like to say that i am so excited to be playing final fantasy 7 remake at midnight i have not been this excited about a game in many 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 years uh and uh, i especially since the game is apparently very 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 good uh i i am just over the moon for this one i am so excited that's the real reason i got dressed right, so i could yeah, i could wear a suit and tie playing uh playing fun no that's uh but uh i want to really uh seriously thank uh devion for coming on with us tonight and talking about yes. she, uh, she dreams elsewhere devion thank you so much for spending a thursday night with us hey thanks again for having me like this is a great time no one this... more time plug your channels please uh y'all can find me and my bitch ass at at studio severe <laughs> or at davion good both twitter and instagram uh wishlist the game on steam uh, and it's also on itch.io too. If you want that good old Mac version of the demo, and uh, yeah, hopefully stay tuned. Maybe one of these days I'll actually release it, finish it. Soon, but who knows? Soonish, soonish. This game can't come fast enough. Um, thank you so much to Davion for coming on, and just to, like a little, a little message to the people who watch us and people who listen to us. Um, you know, uh, I know this is kind of a lonely time for a lot of people, right? Just remember to not just check in on your friends 
for their sake, check on check on them for your sake as well. Uh, it's it's always good to reach out and talk to people uh, during times like this. Um, I can hear myself talking. It's really weird. I don't know why. Uh, but it's always good to reach out and talk to people in times like this uh, to make sure that they're doing okay. But you also need you need human interaction for yourself, I think. Um, and, and so please, it's it's uh, checking your friends and and look after yourself at the same time. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, uh, we have a Discord that the Nightbot just threw out there. Is that the correct link this time? Uh, Probably let's not, test. unless anyone other than me has ever logged into Nightbot. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't updated it. I think it. I pointed it out. Yeah, that invite's invalid. Uh, let me get the actual link. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We just need to, yeah, we just need to get the Nightbot up. No big deal. But Reb will throw the throw the. But we have a Discord channel with 200 plus people in it. We got a lot of channels, including a venting channel and a channel uplifting, uh, uplifting words, uplifting statements. Uh, if you're feeling uh, socially withdrawn right now, as I imagine many of you are, please join us uh, or just hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're always willing to reach out and talk, and and uh, we care about you deeply. Uh, and we just want everybody to be taking care of themselves seriously. And also wash your fucking hands and, and stay six feet away from each other. Uh, because this is nothing to joke about. Uh, does anybody have, does anybody have any, have any keeping before we, uh, we do have a community game night coming up on Saturday. We're doing another Animal Crossing community game night Saturday at 9 p.m. I'm going to tear myself away from Final Fantasy VII to do a community game night on Saturday. Our Animal Crossing game nights are always a really good time. Uh, Reb, you got anything else? You got anything coming up with uh, GIIndustry.biz? Um, just a just a piece tomorrow. Um, that's got uh, a couple uh shorter interviews that I did at PAX East. Uh, one with Davion, which is fantastic. Um, and then a couple Ew, others. That guy. Uh, oh, what? Yeah, yeah that, Ew, guy. that guy. Ugh. Oh no, he's so cool. He's um, great. <laughs> he's really cool. Um, and then uh, one with the game. Um, Welcome to Elk. And then I have absolutely just lost my mind and forgotten about the other one because I've already written and submitted it. I've been really bad. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, Forest Cathedral. Um, so those those three games. Um, Shadow yeah. Brian Wilson. He's great. Oh yeah, he ruled. They all, honestly, all three of them were really great. Um, like Pax East was a blast. I I love the the conversations that I get to have there, and this one in particular was really really great for talking to a lot of really cool indies. And there are more to come after that. So you know. All right. Well, uh, Derek and Finn, you guys got anything else? Uh, anything you want to throw out there? Anything? Stay Derek, hydrated, folks. Derek, yeah. are you streaming tomorrow? Yeah. Control. Yeah. Yeah. What time, Derek? Where at? Oh, um, on on my Twitch channel, which everyone here knows, Derek of the Dykes, and you follow me on Twitter anyway. Um, and then uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, you caught me off guard. I'm not used to talking about my streaming. <laughs> you should on talk the about show itself. Um, but the important thing is that we will be having a show next week as well, because that's we what will. we do. We will. Words. Um, are we? Okay, never mind. I was going to ask some, but I'll ask it offline. All right, everybody, take care of each other, and remember, it's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, wash your hands, take care of each other, and we'll see you later.